Well, thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. I have uh, I have spent the last couple of days after recording this podcast pretty much in bed or on the couch sitting in front of the fire. So I will blame the crud that I have in my chest and throat on Matt Hinshaw and Leslie Earl Lyman, the two guests on today's show. It is their fault that I do not feel well. Uh, we have sat down to talk about a movie called 30, the number three zero. It is a Jack Webb production. May, maybe you know Jack Webb from the, uh, the Dragnet franchise and other things, but that's probably what he's mostly known for is Dragnet. Uh, this movie is about journalism, newspapers. It takes place in one night at an L.A.-based newspaper filmed in 1959 with every character actor from that generation in this movie. It's a, it's a, it's a good, good watch. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. Again, 30 by Jack Webb from 1959. The reason that we sat down to watch this is because I hadn't seen it in a long time. We get into that, but it deals with journalism, and that is a passion of both mine and Matt Henshaw. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Leslie Earl, not a serial killer lineman, has an opinion on everything. So, hey, plug in a mic and, uh, and talk to Les about just about everything. We recorded this at Matt's location of his employment, the Bergamini Group, uh, the Keller Williams rep uh, real estate office here in Prescott, right there on Whiskey Row. Beautiful office. So we want to thank Brad Bergamini and the Bergamini Group for letting us hang out there. Matt uh, Hinshaw is their photographer. He uh, makes sure that all their images are dynamite on their website, which is welcome to Prescott.com. That's one of them. I have found in my Google searches that Brad uh, pretty much purchases every domain that lists the word Prescott in it. But their main one, welcome to Prescott.com. That is welcome, the number two, Prescott.com. Get a hold of them for all your home buying and selling needs. And it is a guarantee if you are selling your home you will get some dynamite photographs from that by staff photographer Matt Hinshaw. So uh, that's why we, we uh, you know what, it was an excuse to sit down and, and watch uh, watch a movie and, and eat pizza. That's all it was. But thank you, Brad, for letting us take up space. Thank you, Matt and Les, for uh, letting me hang out and, and for getting me sick. This is episode 199 of... The Mile High Show, featuring Matt Hinshaw, Leslie Earl Lyman, and Jack Webb's movie from 1959, 30. Sit back and enjoy. Mainly what I wanted to talk about was uh, was media and kind of how it changed. Yeah, we'll get movies and stuff, yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily want to dissect the movie itself. I don't want it to be a... Uh, All right, well, I'm out. That's some bolts of that. No, I want. First off, uh, it, it was a representation of uh, of newsrooms from what is that? Sixty years ago now, pretty close, huh? Pretty 59 close. Yeah, yeah. To nineteen. Uh, Fifty nine years, because I was born in like nineteen sixty. Well, so. it's nineteen nineteen. Yeah. I yeah. mean, two thousand nineteen now. Yeah. So that would yeah. be. Yes, 60. I, you're right. Sixty. Man, Matt's right. Write that down. That's a long time ago. 
Um, <laughs> no, consider and, and and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about how that's changed because I saw newsrooms. Uh, I want to say the first time I was ever in a newsroom was probably mid seventies because a, a friend of ours, a friend of our family, worked for the Oakland Tribune, so he took us on a on a on a little tour of the presses and and all that stuff. But through the newsroom, uh, watching you know shows like Lou Grant, uh, you know any you know all the President's Men, all that stuff, seeing seeing newsrooms, and they didn't change that much from the forties. The 50s, the 60s, the 70s, into the 80s. And Matt, you were saying, what was the first the first newspaper job I had in a newsroom uh, going and getting a paycheck, I want to say was 82. Hadn't changed much. Still typewriters, still obviously film cameras, all that stuff. What was the first newspaper job you had, Maddie? Now, are you talking newspaper it, job no, or are you it, take, school, talking newsroom job? Because I started working for the newspaper when I was 11 years old. Was that 64, 65? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't look well. I I know. <laughs> no, what year, I, I look like a hot mess. What, what were you doing? Uh, that would have been, yeah, news I was boy? newspaper boy. Yeah, that would have been the early 90s. And what 91, was like? what? 91, 92. And then your, your college paper was basically a full-fledged paper. Yes, it was a full-fledged five-day-a-week because we yeah. didn't do weekends. I was trying to think if we did one Saturday, but that wouldn't make sense. No students were there. Independent, separate yeah. from ASU, which I've heard my staff possibly is the reason why it's not an independent anymore. But uh, hands-off, independent. We yeah. paid for ourselves. We paid for everything. The newsprint, the computers, everything. The only thing that the university did was provide us a space to do our work, and we were on the brink of being kicked off campus at one point. See, I did work for the Daily Cal in uh, in Berkeley. I was a stringer for them for a while, always assuming it was the campus paper, but it wasn't. They only covered the campus. That's pretty much all they covered, but they had no affiliation with the school when I was there anyway. I think it did earlier. This was you know in the mid-late 80s. But I always thought it was the school paper, but it was completely the same thing, completely independent. It was ran, financed, uh, everything was done separate from the college, with the exception of they covered the college. That was like all they did. Now, I don't know how it is done now or how many there are now. It might be even less. But when I was on staff, and if you want to know, I worked for Arizona State's newspaper known as the State Press. Back then, again, 100% independent, and we were one of, I think, 10 or 15 at major universities that was 100% independent, and that got us in a lot of trouble when our new president came in. Our old president, Laddie Kaur, when I was there, great guy. They even built, finished a building in his name by the time I graduated, but Michael Crow, when he came in and he wanted to turn ASU successfully now into BYU South... He really, he really did not like us. So what? Te- really did not like one. us. Techni- that's a good one. Technically wise, what was the papers like? Your earliest memories, whether it be from when you were, when you were throwing them on the uh, on the front porch, or when you were uh, actually working in them. What your earliest memories? What what was it like they had, walking in the newsroom? It was loud and it was noisy and everybody's yelling at the top of their lungs and 
you know, uh, people are throwing around ideas. There was uh, the when I was youngest, people had computers, but not in the abundance they do yeah. now. More like more word processors. Yes, it was uh, more word server. processors, and you know, they might have more of the copy guys and stuff like that. But for the most part, like your everyday. Um, reporters, if they had a computer, that was something lucky. They all yeah. probably shared one. Yeah. And that's one thing that was really interesting when I um, got my first full-time gig out of college. I was at the uh, Gallup Independent. And nowadays, well, I didn't even really get one at the Courier until, I mean, I was almost gone. But most of the time, they want photographers out in the field, which you can't take pictures in the newsroom. So what's the point of having a desktop? They give you laptops, right? Well, at the Gallup Independent, it was even worse. We not only had no laptops, we had one desktop that all three photographers and one stringer had to use. So luckily, we worked there really well together, and we worked in shifts. And they overlapped a little bit, but we almost always had a photographer on except for real, real early in the morning. So typically, when I was coming in, the daytime photographer was doing his work filing sitting at the computer and i you know unless it was an emergency and i had to shoot something we never kind of had to fight for computers yeah one so. thing that i noticed on this movie again that that 30 from uh uh from 1959 was that in the 59 30 years difference from when i was working in a in a in a in a daily on a daily basis not much has changed. Had changed, and then jump forward another ten years. Not much has had changed, and it seems like the changes that took place over a sixty fifty year period have quadrupled in the last ten fifteen years. Just in the in the way that I'd say more than that. I'd say like twenty. Yeah, because I'd so say fast. I'd say um, from my days at the student newspaper, we still were shooting film. Because digital was way too expensive back yeah. then. Film, and believe slow. it or not, was still cheap. I mean, you were but, a couple frames a second at right, best. Right. And then we would go and we had um, negative scanners and we would sit there and yeah. scan them in. But we still did it the old school way. Grease pencil, contact sheet. This one's crap. This one's great. Stars yeah. next to one you want to run. <laughs> stuff like that. And it, it was just it, it, watching uh, a, an industry that we're, we're so familiar with in that little time capsule but like Les, you you were just the way they interacted with each other the way they they talked the 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 dynamics of uh of male female relationships it didn't change again until probably the last 10 years it was pretty pretty set in their ways it's well it's just weird man you know like it's just weird you you see you see um you see, like it's all sort of treated like this joke. It's all kind of treated like this joke, and you know, like and and but really, you see there, like there's that one scene in that movie where this. I mean, you see her; she walks in and she looks extremely uncomfortable. And there's that guy trying Wait, to get which, her picture. You're the, talking the, uh, yeah, the Miss the Alab Miss Arkansas. No, but what was she in the movie? I forget. I, forget. I, I don't know, but like she, everybody's like, <laughs> you know, everybody's ogling her. There's all these married guys, you know, and she, she still come, lives in Concordia, yeah. California. Oh, celebrated her. I looked it up. Yeah, she's, I know, and <laughs> you and, said it was like 57th wedding so, anniversary. Yeah, or something. And, like, and, that last the, like her agent makes her come in there, and she's like, makes her. You know, and it's raining outside, in and it's cold, and it's miserable. 
and like miserable, and he brings her like to this thing and makes her go, and he goes, "Hey, see, no, no retouch. Check it out. Check it out." You know, and, and everybody's like, mm, you know, and there's like, and and she's just like, like horrified and embarrassed, and you like, I don't think that I don't know how she felt personally about it, but. That's the kind of woman that is now part of, you know, the let's change things in the office place and the like whole like where power is because of stuff. You know, people thought stuff like that was okay. You know, like yeah. it was like there was, you know, everybody just kind of went, you know, and it, like it was weird. It's somebody's kid. Yeah. You know? Let's, uh, let, we'll back See, it up a little bit. We're going to steal a page out of the Real Film Nerds podcast. Oh, no. And no, oh, no. And just go, let's, let's give a little background on the movie. I'll do a little more in the intro, yeah. but we'll do it right now. The, uh, the film takes place in the, in the course of one shift of a, of a evening newspaper, starts at 3 p.m. and runs till about midnight. And it's just uh, watching and observing the staff as they as they go about their their day, the stories they're covering, the personalities that are working in the newsroom, um, and it's uh, Jack pro- Webb. Yeah, it's it's written <laughs> it, it's written and pro- directed and produced by uh, by Jack Webb, who uh, if you're if you're my age or uh, or older, you'll probably remember best from uh, from the Dragnet series and uh, and other procedural shows back from you know going from radio up through television through the '60s '70s. He was the the producer and creator of Adam Twelve and Emergency, which I know you know about, Matt. The, Hold on, the, wait a minute, Dragnet. Are you talking about Tom Hanks and Dan no, Aykroyd? No, but that's a good no. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? What Dan Aykroyd's character played uh, Joe Friday's yeah. what nephew or something? Yeah. I think in the movie, something like that. And he, yeah. and he nailed the impression. Yeah, you oh, yeah. nailed it. It was good. You know what he did? So J- Jack Webb in. In uh, several other movies and in some radio dramas, what was the one? Uh, the one we were talking about, uh, Joe Regan. Yeah, yeah. And, and he worked for the Lion or yeah, what yeah. was it? He you was, know, he was basically a PI working for an insurance company. I forget what it was, but he had a little more flair in that. He played a uh, jazz trumpet player in another movie, but he was, I think, so he had. His personality would come through in a lot of his roles and a lot of stuff that he wrote, but in Dragnet specifically, he played a very stiff, by the book, very stoic guy. And uh, uh, at a time when the world wasn't, it was the break of the the, the bulk of the popularity was in the mid and late. And he 60s. and he was and he was standing up for like you know America truth, the concept, ju- yeah, truth, know? justice, but, and the American but way. I will say this that like you know like his delivery of stuff has it didn't change yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. That this movie is like the least robot like <laughs> I've ever seen him. Yeah, you know. Now, now, one of the things that Aykroyd did, I read when the movie had came out, when when the the Hanks and, and Aykroyd movie came out, is he studied old clips of Joe Friday, Jack Webb, and one of the things that he did to to lock in the character, and I never noticed it because I grew up watching Dragnet and listening to it on the radio. They used to rebroadcast mm. it in, in the Bay. Area. It was on the radio first, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on the radio in the in the early fifties, yeah. but they would rebroadcast those old on one of the KNBR in, in San Francisco. They would rebroadcast the old radio shows, Jack Benny and all, and Dragnet. I used to love it. And as a kid, watching the Dragnet TV shows on reruns, never noticed this till I read Aykroyd talking about how he nailed that character. He says, what you do is you walk, stoop a little forward, and you don't move your arms. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. what he did. That's how he did Jack Webb. And you he looked disgusted like a penguin. Because when you walk, you move your arms. Yeah. He kept them straight. <laughs> and you lean forward just yeah. a little bit. And then, like, and he, and he got, he um, and, his, and he got, like, his partners to do that, too. They were all, like, you know, <laughs> very deadpan delivery, like, very monotone, you know, very snapper re- snappy repartee, nice, <laughs> nice comebacks and stuff. But no... But no vocal inflection yeah. whatsoever. So, so Les and I, Les and I had seen this movie. I haven't seen it in probably thirty years. Uh, I used to have it on VHS, recorded off the TV, probably coffee TV twenty in San Francisco. Yeah, used to play a lot of old movies. Uh, my aunt had told me about it when I was a kid, and I watched it and then recorded it. But I haven't seen it in about thirty years, probably more. Uh, and I don't know how it came up. Les, you and I were talking about it a couple of months back. Well, we were for talking, some reason. I don't we were talking why. about the state, like how media is yeah. is today, you know, and like how it's like it, the, I think I think the terms fourth estate, right? You know, the government, yeah. and how like fifth? it's no longer viewed as that fifth estate, fifth estate. Okay, yeah. fifth estate, but um, and so, how it's no so, longer viewed at that. So we were talking about yeah. that. And I said, like, Have you ever seen this movie? Because because like there's this great <laughs> scene with a coffee pot. You know? <laughs> so so after we talked, I uh, I jumped on online and I went to Amazon. I happened to use the awesomesteve.com, my friend Steve Simone's website's uh, Amazon link to do all my online shopping. But all of you out there can go to themilehighshow.com and use that Amazon link. Hashtag, Unless you're Matt Henshaw, who will not. don't be a Henshaw. <laughs> that is not true. What was the last thing I bought through Amazon he's, he's, that went through your freaking website? He's actually the only one using it. What, <laughs> what, I, I, know it tells you, I know it tells you what I bought. Yeah, what was I, the last I forget, thing I bought? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah. I don't look because it's depressing because it's like three dollars here and there. It's actually a good cut. It's like four percent of every purchase. It's not bad. So if you it was, do not want, I can tell me, you what it is. Hold on. If you do not want me going to your place of work to watch movies, so I don't <laughs> use my own electricity. If you don't oh, you're going to do me, that ad already. If <laughs> you don't want me to show up at your home and interrupt your doll collection on your shelves, if you don't want me, all right, I'm out. Going to your home and borrowing money and sleeping on your couch, you too will use the Amazon link at MileHighShow.com. It takes you to your your. Your Amazon or Amazon Prime login page, where you can do your online shopping like you normally do, doesn't cost you anything extra, and it gives us a little kickback every month. And so not only use that, that link, <laughs> hashtag don't be a Hinshaw. He ran out of the room. Uh, we are recording at the Bergamini Group on mm-hmm. Prescott's Whiskey Row. Thank you, Brad and staff, for letting us <laughs> take up space here. They do know we're here, right, Hinshaw? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they uh, they allowed us to come in, use their conference area on their beautiful couch, watching their big screen TV, taking up space. Don't be and uh, so now, uh, so use that link, and that's what I did when I went and bought when I went and bought that. Uh, how did that, that, how did I miss that? How long have you been doing that? That is hilarious. Now, now. Uh, all right, Maddie, put you your can, back on. You two can be you two can be Matt like Matt Santos's friend and have him call you names. So we had we had already we, Les and I, Les and I had already seen this movie. Matt Hinshaw had not because uh, I don't know. He's just uh, he's not as old as we are. 
What's that? Oh, is that the number here? That's, yeah, that's the info. Oh, okay. I forgot to grab it, so you no, can do it. No, that's right. I was going to pull it offline and do I, He He just handed me a Bergamini Group card, and uh, we'll give them a, a big plug uh, in the intro and the outro, but check them out. Welcome to Prescott.com, and the info number, 928-237-4400. You write almost... Are you sure you're right-handed? No. Uh, that's what that's what Anthony, my son, told me one time when I was writing a note for his teacher. He goes, "Pop, are you sure you're right-handed?" <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, so check out Ber- Bergamini Group for all your home buying needs, buying or selling or selling. Anyway, Matt, what did you think of this sixty-year-old movie about the industry that you love so much? Well, it was hot garbage. There was zero Star Wars in it. There was no lightsabers. <laughs> It was just crap. But there was a couple of robots. There Jack were a Lamb lot was. of robots, especially the acting. <laughs> yeah. No, what did you think of the story? It was all right. The story was all right. It was yeah. good. I I don't I didn't know exactly where they were going with it. It's I, I uh, not the best story either. in the world. I think what they were <laughs> doing, they were Jack Webb doing it like he did Dragnet. It was not so much uh, the flashbang, it was to show the procedural of what happens in a newsroom. Kind yeah, of the, yeah. The and methodic they, thing. And then they threw in, obviously, because it's a Hollywood movie, they had to throw in some drama. There was a tragedy taking place in the town, in the city. Uh, there was some personal tragedy well, going on. You know, and, you know what You know what I learned? I learned that, like, people that are, that, that, that are you know, editors of newspapers are like, you know, they have they have mood swing issues. That's oh, what, and that's that, what, they nailed that. They got that down, man. That's what I they got that oh, down. Oh, yeah, they're all bipolar. I'm <laughs> so, not going to name names for <laughs> any of the editors I worked with. <laughs> now, now, is it, now, do you think it's like, like sort of an organic thing, or do you get it from reporters? What, the bipolarism? Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think you gotta you got to have a little of that uh, going into the field. I mean, it's my... It's my well, what I forget what it's called, the description or whatever on, on Facebook. It asks, you know, say like your motto or whatever. I forget what they call it. In your profile, when you do your profile. So, I don't you know. know. I'm I'm not as old as you guys. I don't do Facebook anymore. I'm on the Instagrams oh, and the Snapchat now. Sad, sadly, that's still Facebook. Yeah. It's all over. <laughs> hey, it's, just look. because Facebook bought them doesn't mean they are Facebook. Right. So they, they there's something, on, and mine has been for years. It was something that Mr. Schmidt, my high school journalism teacher, told me because uh, I was uh, I was a writer as well back then, and when I when I went hardcore into photography more so than writing, he pulled me aside and he goes, you know, you got a you got a flair for this, you got a talent for it, but I just want to let you know. Uh, Photographers are weird people. They're strangers. They're voyeurs. They just watch other people. And he's right. For the most part, we are kind of odd. Have you ever known a, known a photographer? I'm not odd at all. No, Maddie. Have you? I'm I'm being completely honest. Have you ever known a photographer that was not just a little off kilter? And I'll put the same thing. It's an artistic bent. Have you ever known less any musicians that weren't off? Center just a little bit. I think that any any if you do something that requires like the amount of obsession, yeah, you know, like about what you're doing, what that it doesn't involve like, um, you know, I mean, you do it, you do it, even though you don't get money for it, you yeah. do it, even though like it frequently makes you mad, or like you know, you watch like uh, I don't know, like you watch uh, the the public consuming stuff that maybe yeah. you don't feel is any good. Back me up here, man. Um, <laughs> well, here. Oh no, you know, you know the, 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 when you do that, I think that like it just just 
staying in it on purpose shows yeah. mental disease. Matt, Matt on the <laughs> fair enough, specifically for the photojournalism side, which is both of our both of our majority our of our passions, yeah, and, and our background. Just I don't know about passion anymore. My passion's pretty much fizzled out. Well, for, that's just for my whole everything. life. But yeah, but <laughs> think about it. And I, I was having a conversation with somebody about this a few weeks ago, and then it was said in this movie, and I forget the exact wording when that older guy with the with the visor, the, yeah. the I guess he's probably a copy editor. Or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But he says, they said, well, what what happened? He goes, great news for us, bad news for her. Talking about the tragedy yeah, yeah, that was going on. Yeah. Think about it, Maddie. And I, I, I was having a conversation with somebody about this recently, and it clicked. The best day at work for me, if I took my top five, top ten moments as a photojournalist, they were the worst days of somebody else's life. Plane crash, house fire, murder, car wreck, earthquake. And when I say best podcast, when I say best day, I'm not saying like woohoo, I'm glad it happened. But those are the days where I you're felt, at your best. I felt I was doing yeah. my job. I was fired up about what I was doing because that's what I was doing. Now, there have been other great days. You know, little league championship. You know, a great victory on the ball field or a, a homecoming of some. But but and those stand out. But in reality, the top. Five or ten stories I ever covered would be viewed in anybody else's eyes as a tragedy. Yeah, I don't know. Most of mine were. I, I don't even want to make a list because I just it just depresses me yeah. to think about the, you know my career being gone. But anyways, um, the ones that always stick out <laughs> in my a, mind, as said, recording in his new job at the Bergamini Group. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the I, the uh, sardonic, my career's over. It is sardonic laughter. It is, and it's sardonic all thanks to laughter. it's all thanks to one person who I have not seen since she let me go, and I saw her recently, and she tried to have a conversation with me, and I quickly grabbed my other former editor and ran out the door. Ah. So that was great. Yeah. But uh, no, um, I got unfriended by mine. The, <laughs> Aww. No, I Aww. got friended on accident because I hit the brake when I meant to hit the gas and my finger slipped and I accepted a friendship on accident. Oh. And then after a podcast where I discussed my career in photojournalism, the, uh, the day after it posted, I got unfriended. Oh. <laughs> Poor Mantos. Now you know, it's just me and Les on your Facebook uh, friends, right? You know, you know like Dude, you're, you were talking about oh, okay. that. <laughs> That explains you're, why you don't listen. You to were my talking podcast. about that, like about you know about about that subject, right? You know, like the best day, best my best yeah, professional yeah. day was like somebody else's tragedy. It, it put me in mind of a there's a it's a Pulitzer Prize winning photo of a child in Africa that is starving to death. It's a little yeah. kid, and there's a vulture like two feet away waiting for it to stop moving, and like there was this huge outcry over this guy taking this picture. The thing was, is that no one could touch the kid at the moment because like you could get sick from him because he was very, very sick. And, you know, so this guy takes this picture and it, it, it pretty much ruined his life. Yeah. He got an award for it. All this stuff happened. And I think it was like a year later that he ended up killing himself, yeah. you know? So I, I can't even fathom like what it must have been like or for you guys to do to do this kind of work. Well, man. You have to turn it on and off. You have to. And I know you probably have the same feeling as well, but the camera for me is almost uh, a filter 
like what I'm looking through the camera, and I know we've talked about this before, especially when we've had a few drinks, but um, the camera's like a filter. And what's going on out there through the viewfinder, you can't let it bother you or else you will go insane, especially the stuff DeSantis and I have seen and photographed and well, documented. And well, that right there, the probably the biggest thing that got to him, which is the not just photographers, but every single journalist quandary is when you show up on a scene and you say you're the first one there, what do you do? Do you pick up your camera or do you help the person? I had one of those happen. Oh, I've had several. I did both. So I, I guess I guess my thing is is that see you can compartmentalize stuff and I've worked in I've I've uh, I've, I've I've worked in a couple of things where like you know I oh, worked pardon. nice nice Santos uh, that came to you courtesy of Miller High Life ladies and, and gentlemen and, uh, and uh, Costco, Costco pizza, pizza. Um, the champagne of beers that's right well well Costco pizza is not the champagne of beers but it's a nice concept it anyway is the uh, pizza <laughs> of warehouse stores everywhere that's right but you know like the thing is is that you can put that stuff in a box right you know like but you cannot unsee you can't unsee no. stuff and so. Like you, you like the people. I've I've always you know, like I I worked in a hospital for five years at the height of the uh, the eight when the AIDS crisis hit like the islands in Hawaii, and I could not like five five years of that was enough. Watching those patients well, come in, well, watching out, yeah. watching like it was like young healthy people, and not only just young healthy people. But I'm, I'm not I don't that's I don't want to get in digress into that because that is a box I would rather not stare into. But the thing is is that you carry that stuff around. Yeah. And photojournalist's job is to go take pictures of that stuff. It's that, like to document it and then it goes on the newspaper and people and to feed that 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 you know tornado at the Tornado at the trailer park, sort of like, oh, look at that, you know, that thing where people slow down to look at the accident yeah. on the side of the road. And I like, it's got to like do something to you. Well, you know? I tell you I, what it did. I got for, a good one. What it did for but, me was for, because I started doing it very young, mm-hmm. you know, 14. Right. You know, running around with a scanner plugged in my ear, having my mom drive me to, I remember it was a home invasion. Your mom drove you. Yeah, she would drive me around. Hey, at 2 o'clock in the morning, Mom, get up, get up. Damn, dude, your mom really does like you. Your mom is awesome. No, I'm pretty sure what she was hoping to do was just leave me somewhere. She was like, I hope this one has a gun. Maybe there's a stray bullet coming so I can get some sleep. No, um... And then we love I you, had, Matt's mom. And then I had buddies of mine who who worked, and I would tag along, or or you know. And then obviously, when I got my license, that's what I did at sixteen. I had a scanner going constantly, and uh, and uh, what I also started doing very young was self medicating because you know it's like that's what we did in the newsroom. You know, we'd hang out, we'd have fun, and then I was doing other photography at the same time. So we were covering a lot of parties, events, mm-hmm. weddings, reunions, company stuff. So it was a a a lot of years of just let's let's drink or do whatever through this night, and you just I just didn't think about it much. Well, and it took a, it took me getting older and looking at the I, and I it's kind of hacky to say, but what changed my life at first was getting married, but that didn't click as hard. And Sandra would fully agree. I did not change that much. I tried to, but what really made it click was when Anthony was born, when my son was born, and it was I had to look at everything a whole different way and go, "Oh, I'm really screwed up in a lot of ways. How do I fix this so that 
he doesn't see some screwed up old man hiding out in the garage all the time. And I'll, I'll fully admit, I still do that occasionally because sometimes, you know, you just get in your own head and, and uh, you know, you don't want to go cuckoo with your family watching. So every once in a while I need to escape <laughs> a little bit. No. Well, years I'm ago. Not, I'm not laughing. I'm not, I'm no, la- I'm not laughing about that. I'm just like, yeah, I think I Years get ago, yeah. what I would do was, you know, crawl up in a sack of something or crawl up in a bottle. Yeah. And I, now I physically and emotionally can't do that so sometimes I gotta, I'm gonna go for a drive and I'll go for a long drive or I'll mm. go tinker in the garage for a few hours until until you come to you know you, you can mellow yourself out but that's when you say how did you deal with it? that's what I would deal with it I would just oh well get, get get pounded and then we'll go to work tomorrow and I'll be hung over and I won't hurt as bad you know just, well that brings me to my point what's that line from the movie what does he say? Like, like about that? Like, let's go to yeah, get you know, smashed. Let's go get smashed. And he says, like, all I do, all I'm doing is waking up. Is like, you know, beating, like, you know, beating myself yeah. up over, like, you know, like, the, the, for, uh, God, and, yeah. I and then the old, I, the old guy the, goes, uh, yeah. he goes, well, oh, thanks for taking that away from me. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, it's the only vice I got. Now, yeah. now my only vice is my one cup of coffee. I treat myself to sure. every day. No, it's one cup. It's sixty four ounces, <laughs> and I have one cup a day. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. But, Sorry, but yeah, no. This is this is one of the topics I was going to touch on way back when Les was still talking. Ha! But uh, <laughs> I mean, like, like in the at the beginning of time. Oh, so. and you know, oh, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. But that's all the time we got. <laughs> We're done. We're done. But no, here I have a legitimate, serious, yeah, interesting ahead, topic. Think about this, <laughs> and I have thought about this in the past. Police officers, soldiers, yeah, firefighters. Even EMTs. Oh, yeah. If you have an issue with something you saw, something you did, something you handled, your company will provide someone to help you out mentally, if not physically. Deal with that The news industry is the only industry I know of where they're like, suck it up. Go get a drink. I've never, ever, ever had the option of oh here you should go and see well, and talk to this person yeah that that's just that, so. that's just changing in general we talked about how how the dynamics of the newsroom and the yeah. and the dialogue in this movie from sixty years ago is so different than it is today oh, yeah. not that much different than it was fifteen years ago but it is different than it is today and what you're saying is there was a time when nobody t- you know PTSD wasn't a thing then it was attributed to military. And it's only been very recently that people and, and experts and the general public have recognized that you can have PTSD no matter what line of work, no matter what you've experienced. It's, it's all about how something affected you. And that's what you're saying. So it's right, getting there. It's getting there I in would HR say departments and things like in that. In my career, yeah. um, the whole of my career, the police and emergency workers and such have had that outlet. But oh yeah, see, journalists I, never have. No, see, I, I and so, I know, I, 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 in my dealings with first responders, it's not that long ago. Yeah, it's pretty recent. Well, but yeah, you're a lot older old. than me. Yeah, and you got to remember that the newspaper that the company that we both worked for for ten plus years um, still was coming to grips with things like working off the clock. 
and, and paychecks and paychecks yeah. and yeah. benefits and uh, you know things like that. So so that's I don't think that's indicative of the industry in general. No, I, think I, I don't <laughs> think so as a whole, especially yeah. if you are part of I the hope, hope larger not. network. Yeah. Like I I I it wouldn't be something I would approach a friend at uh, say the Arizona Republic or the Daily Star or something like that and ask them. But I would be surprised if that option well, isn't there. Hypothetically, if you had there friends. was there was yeah, a, I know there I was know a podcast <laughs> and my friends I do have make fun of my dolls. So <laughs> now that would be a, I mean, a, granted they're cool dolls, but um, <laughs> no, you were doing dolls you were doing. Um, this is actually the second podcast I've been involved in where I'm like, yeah, I really don't know it. Like I really don't have. You know, I'm an outsider. Dude, to like the newsroom. That means I got time to get a beer because Les you is talking, two. right? You so, yeah, 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 yeah. Like get 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 you two your for soda? yourself. Um, I'm good, man. Okay. I'm good. I'm like, but the, the, this is the second time that I've been involved in something that was about journalism. The first time we were over at, uh, gosh, we we're over at, was it Bill's Pizza? There was that that, guy, that one guy that was uh, he was a retired. Oh retar- no, that's uh, okay. We'll yeah. give a shout out to him. The yeah. Code Three Podcast, yeah, yeah. Scott Orr, whose so, father just recently right, passed. Right, right, right. That guy. That, yeah. uh, that was over at uh, Marino's Mob. Okay, Brothers. anyway, but but and it's been a while. But the, what I was what I was really interested. I'm listening to you guys talk about you know journalism, the business, and what it's like. I mean, there's like, you guys are talking about things that you've done and things like. I'm listening to this and I'm like, I don't understand how. I don't think I could like you know, I don't think I could stay objective. Like when you go like some of the, some of the like you you guys were talking about really bad things that had happened. Really bad things that, that had happened. Dude, don't make me start timing you. You'll be sorry. Santa Santos Santos made me do that to him for uh, I just started showing him how long he would rant. Nonetheless. Um but like it was really interesting, and like, like I don't understand how you stay objective. I don't understand like, you know, like how, you, like how you, like the job is to like sort of you know, t- just the facts, ma'am, if you will. And there's really bad stuff going on. There's people being shot, or there's things happening, or you know, there's you know, and, I, I and, and your job is to document and, it or whatever. How do you stay objective? I don't mean to be flippant about it, but you just assume everybody's uh, the villain. Yeah, you know that's okay. kind of you know. Okay, when, it's like. You know, there, there's and there's different beats that you cover when you're mm-hmm. when you're doing a, uh, you know, you're covering the uh, the crosstown rivalry on a, you know, on a on a a, a a regional pro or college or high school game. You're not; those reporters are as big a homers in it as anybody mm-hmm. else. It's always the you know, not always. I shouldn't say that, but they're homers. They do that yeah. when you are covering. Uh, a little league game, on the other hand, it doesn't matter if they're on the other side of the world. The story is going to be about how great these kids are together, right. and how how they they you know uh, the the uh, the team manager who never gets to play, and then the coach puts him in, even though they lose by thirty, he gets to shoot that game, you know that that shot at the buzz or whatever. It's all in what you're covering, and when you're covering something like say a town council or something. Uh, depending on the relationship that you have <laughs> with that municipality, the city government or the state government or whatever, you you will not find a publication, a broadcast, or anything else that is not leaning to one side or the other. It's always like that. Well, yeah, but the way you guys were talking, like you guys were talking about like bad. Th- he was, if I recall correctly, he was a he was a photojournalist as well, a uh, video video guy, and he was talking about something that he had got like an award for. And you were you were talking about like being there in the moment and like you know something really bad was happening. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, and your job is to like look through the lens of this camera and not sort and like be separate from well, it. And he, had, and, 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 and Matt yeah. Henshaw had touched on that too. And I just cannot fathom that thing where at some point you just don't go, you know, like you just drop the camera and go, my, what, what the heck? You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, well, you do that after. There? And that, oh, okay. I tell you what, you that do was, it in private. You do it at home. And you do it with your bottle. And and that that <laughs> was what it is. that okay. was something back in because I spent the bulk. Well, it's hard to say now. Yeah, I guess the bulk of my career hmm. in in wet darkrooms in in film and yeah. and silver. Uh, so when you would go out for uh, perfect example was the Loma Prieta quake. Uh, it hit in in eighty nine. I was in the area, got there as the fire and police were showing up at the Cypress structure in Oakland, and didn't want to risk leaving for fear of getting locked out. And I had my huge pouch cell, cell phone that was on a shoulder strap and uh, dialed the newsroom. And they said, okay, we're going to send some people out there, and then you'll come back and run your film. I told them, I said, no, I don't want to. So I met them at the police line, handed them exposed film, took fresh. Because I didn't want... I knew if I left, because I, I was a stringer. I wasn't a staffer. If push came to shove, I could easily get kicked out of there. Same thing happened on a shooting I was at. I stayed behind the line, kicked out the film, got fresh. Because I knew if I stepped on the other side of the line, there's a good chance I couldn't come back. Well, I got one for you well, that's just well, here, like that so here. So what I did... Is I was just handing out for so till four in the morning. This is five in the evening. So for you know, 10, 12, 11 hours, I was on site. Then I get back to the newsroom. They had already ran all my film. They were they were already going to press. Uh, I was covered in soot and dirt and everything else. Went home, showered, slept till you know noon the next day, and then I went back to the darkroom and spent the next eight hours going through the negs and printing. And that's all by myself in the dark, playing my little micro recorder of the interviews that I was doing with the uh, the AC Transit, the the city bus driver, the county bus driver, you know, the Alameda County Transit. AC Transit was the bus line, you know, it was like the metro. Uh, it was near the yard. They pulled it up and they used his bus as a mobile morgue. That's where they're putting the body. So I talked to him. What was he going through? What was he? I interviewed other reporters and so just to kind of get some bearings on so because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, you know, it wasn't a writer at the time, so I was playing that that tape as a, you know, little micro cassettes as I was printing, and eight hours of a, in a dark room looking at these images, hearing these conversations going. I got walked out of there, felt like I got hit by a bus. I was a wreck, and for years, every every year they put up the you know, it's been the uh, blankety blank anniversary of it, blockbuster video. I want to say 94, it was either 94 or 99. It was either the five or the 10 year anniversary of the Loma Prieta. Blockbuster Video came out with a video that they rented in their, well, it was in the Bay Area. I don't know if they did it everywhere else. And it was a documentary of all the news footage. And I appear in it in several places. Just, you know, you can see me in the background and stuff. I couldn't watch. I'd get calls from, hey, I was watching that. I saw you. And the thing, you got to come check it out. I couldn't watch that. I didn't know I couldn't. I just knew I didn't want to. And then many years later, I watched part of it, and it felt like I was walking out of that darkroom again. It felt like I got hit by a bus. I was just sapped of everything. And I didn't know it was going to do that to me. And that's when it clicked. That's why I never wanted to watch it, is because I was, you know, was going to just well all that junk up again. Go ahead, Manny. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, on that note, have a good day. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, you know that, that is exactly like that dang movie, man. The It's like, it's everybody is like this mood, that mood, uh, 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 you know, good Lord. It was like, 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 you know, and then it was, that was, that's exactly how that movie was. There were like, there are these weird beats of happiness and unhappiness. Yeah. And all. That's what well, it was like. And, and now we're going to laugh. Well, that's <laughs> what that business is like, yeah. Maddie. You know, you go out and you're, you're at a, at a car wreck where a kid got ran over or or whatever. And then you're, you know, the next day you're at a ribbon cutting where they're dedicating a new donut shop, you know? Yeah, you- and it has the same prominence as the kid that died. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we got a wonderful ribbon cutting on the new donut shop. It'll be front page tomorrow, but the kid that died, he'll be down page. Or, or better yet, when there's a house fire where they discover a uh, the homeowner's body the next day, you get the tip before everybody oh, else no. does, and it doesn't run in the paper because the Saturday dog show, the editor promised these two kids that they'd be on the front page. <laughs> well, on, on, on the note of... Um, there was a little of that in that movie, True too. story, buddy. Oh, yeah. On the note of um, the... Uh, <laughs> God, now you just <laughs> ruined it all. <laughs> but anyways, no. the um, When you take, say... Now, this is just my experience of being in the small towns and the big cities. I only worked at one, but it was for a few years. Not as much as you. But in the smaller cities, when you roll up on the scene... And you recognize the car. Yeah. Or you recognize the house. Or you recognize the lady that's crying. Yeah. And you know her personally. That is a whole different feeling than rolling up on, oh, here's another accident yeah. where three people died. It's here's another accident where my best friend's my best friend just lost his son or something yeah. like that. It's totally worse. And that comes with being in a small town. Yeah. I've I've gotten that on multiple occasions and it's it's not it's well worse yet when you're in the process of doing what you do and then you realize oh who it is that person staring at me wondering why i'm in their face is my so-and-so's dad or so-and-so's coach or whatever Yeah. yeah and it's it just it just goes to a whole nother level because it just yeah yeah, I, you know what struck me too on that on the movie again recap uh, thirty from nineteen fifty nine Jack Webb uh, was the the process that they go about. I mean, think about it now. I mean, they're talking about you know they don't want to get scooped by the paper across town. What was it, the Herald that they yeah, talked yeah. about? Uh, it's a Los Angeles based movie, Los Angeles based fictional paper. No, no, based, that, that, no, no, no. The, the paper that they worked for was a fictional. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was I thought ba- that was real. No, 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 the one they referenced was real. Oh, yeah, okay. they were talking about the competition, oh, okay. which is according to IMDb, the Herald, which is the one that they actually based that out of. But okay. they use a fictional, whatever. I I don't even know if they mentioned what it was called, but. Um, they're worried about getting scooped. They've got hours to do this. And now, <laughs> Maddie, you and I have talked about this at length. It's let's get first. We'll worry about right later. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the biggest conversations. And that is what has destroyed a lot of what people refer to as national media. Yeah. Not so much local media, specifically because most local medias, if they even exist, there's only one, maybe two. In the market. In yeah. the market. So it's more of the national media 
Fox News uh, or even say B- big metro TV news like yeah. you know even our big metro down in Phoenix literally only has one paper now that anybody really pays attention everything to everything feeds off of that so they're not going to get scooped i mean maybe they'll get scooped by i don't know w- the little remnant of the east valley tribune well, but nobody's going to care the, no what they get scooped by now is Losing Facebook the traction and, yeah. online with yeah. the quote unquote citizen journalists, which Ugh. I don't have a problem with. I mean, that's how I started was the guy running around with a scanner plugged in my ear, uh, you know, chasing an ambulance, chasing a fire truck. I don't have a problem with that. What I and what both of us have, have talked about in the past is when somebody creates, whether it be a Facebook group or their own page, and they get the reputation of and the following of people look to this person, this group for their We're news. looking at you, Matt Drudge. No. <laughs> when they're, no, I'm thinking much more local. Well, actually, Matt Drudge yeah. is dead, so we're I'm, not looking at I'm you thinking, anymore, Matt Drudge. I'm thinking more, you know, in the local, and I follow, you know, like, we got our Prescott pages and stuff here, the Chino Valley folks page. I follow those same pages for my community where I grew up, and I thought it was... The infighting here was unique. No, it's not. It's in every local group everywhere because people get the reputation or groups get the reputation, admins get the reputation for being the go-to place, but there's no accountability. They think, and I've had arguments offline over coffee with people here locally in the Prescott, Arizona area who are can, they, they're like, well, I got this out before the courier. I got this out before the radio. I got this out. Well, yeah, but you were wrong. Oh, it doesn't matter. I got 500 reposts and shares. Uh, yeah, but you were wrong. I don't know, but I was there first. I fixed it later. Go ask later that person is, yeah. who you were wrong about if it matters to them. Yeah. Okay, or, let, or, let me ask or, you yeah, this. Let me, let me ask both of you guys this. Yeah. Because totally. Let me ask both of you guys this. Because really, one of the biggest things that changed and and it was an effect during this movie like this this uh, FCC thing was an effect was the fairness doctrine explain right. i okay. I, I, right. I will know what you're talking about okay. when you do i don't know F- by that name the fcc fairness doctrine here let me get let me get oh, wait, online let me, here let me let me say that again i know exactly what you're talking about for the benefit of the listeners why don't you <laughs> <laughs> nice no i i know a lot about things, but I don't know what they're called. Well, the fairness, <laughs> like, the fairness doctrine, like, was something that the FCC introduced in 1949, according to uh, um, the sourced the this when, sort, when the, Les this was in junior year of college. Yeah, that's right. Uh, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, and Matt was a young man. Um, <laughs> I've never. Were well, they introduced in 1949? It was a policy required holders of broadcast licenses both to present controversial inter- like issues of public importance and to do so in a manner in, that in the FCC's view was fair and uh, equitable, yeah. right? In other words, like you actually had to be able, like in effect what happened, the way it was put in was that you had to be able to prove what you said. Well, see, I, yeah. again, and not knowing that, that term, so, but calling it, you know, I mean, ethics. Well, well, yeah, well, that's <laughs> well, see, just the, been the known thing, as journalism well, ethics. Well, see, the thing is, is that really, like, pro- the, it was... Two put, sources, the three reason, sources. The, the, mm-hmm. reason that it was, the reason that it was put forth like that was that people were already running roughshod over that Hearst. back in the day not just Hearst everybody yeah. um, no that's that's what journalism yeah, was back yeah, then yeah. And, and still uh, and like what's, still what's, was oh, to a certain no, extent it's even worse now oh yeah yeah but not, not, nonetheless yeah. That, like there was there was a thing where like you weren't you know like you had to be able to prove what you said yeah. and or the FCC would shut you down uh, the Supreme <laughs> Court decided that like my free my free speech 
you know, like uh, the, the, my free speech or cooling free speech. You cannot do that. The government cannot regulate yeah. speech. And so like, the, like their concerns about ethics were like, well, prove prove to us it's a problem. Well, all those Supreme Court justices that decided that are dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to dig them up and show them the media currently yeah. and like show them like why, like I mean, but, and not just and, and the citizen people and all that other stuff. You ha- you should be able not just to source it, what's, right? What's but that? It, you should go to jail if you lie. You what's know, that stuff. old? What's that old Hearst quote? Whether it's factual or not, it's yeah. you know, you send the guy to the to the Cuban War. Yeah, you know, he goes, "Well, there's no war." He goes, "Give me the story, I'll get you the war." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, but that with that ruling you're talking about, I believe one of the reasons why CNN, Fox News, other national organizations are doing more opinion than fact yeah. is because it was rolled back in. Either the '80s or the '90s. Well, and there's no penalties and there's no restrictions, so they can say and do whatever they want well, and th- still call it news and in the name of well, entertainment. Well, the thing they was, they can't keep up well, with check the this technology, out. so check there's this out. too much outlets right the, now, and check, they can't govern them. Well, the, like it went to the Supreme Court a couple of times, I believe. You know, the thing is, is basically what they said was, yeah, you can have this rule, but the FCC doesn't have to enforce it if it doesn't want yeah. to. Which is what it's like. It, in other words, it was so it was like that for a while, and finally they just got rid of it because like through, through another supreme court decision it said like yeah it's like cooling free speech yeah you know and um like what it what it what it led to was like sort of like the gloves were off and then we get technology where everybody has a video camera yeah. in their pocket and people just you know it's like it's like telephone ain't it yeah, you know, it's like the game of telephone, man. Like by the time, you know, and nobody, nobody, and nobody cares if it's true or not. Does it make me feel validated in how, like, what I want to hear? Oh, Am I take, validated? Are it, my feelings validated? It will take way yeah. more than a phone to yeah. do that. Yeah. But, but that's even why, in my opinion, we need journalists more now than ever. Because yes, here, here, someone can go and shoot a video or a photo or whatever with their cell phone. That's great. That citizen journalist that is not trained to tell a story truthfully to their best ability is going to show you what they think is the most interesting or what helps them out the most. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the most problem. Retweets. What gets the most likes? What gets the what, most? What, what pushes my what pushes my agenda? Whatever it happens yeah. to be, and instead of well, you know, this is here's the truth. Look, it's it's not what you want it to be. It's not all square yeah. and shiny and chromium like Matt's head. <laughs> well, that was uh, you know they, we're, we're we're running about on that time. We're gonna get, Maddie take take a couple of minutes here. Let's flip it. Let's turn this into the real film nerds. Give us your uh, your, My panelist, your 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 just give us your your review of this movie in just a couple minutes here. Okay, it was a decent film. The acting is stiff, but most yeah. of the acting in that time was stiff. Yep. It's not to the level that cinema has turned to today. A lot of it, as Les was pointing out when we were watching it, was theater based, and that's kind of how they did it. They just took a play and put it on TV, kind of thing. So that's tough, but it's not horrible. It's not awful. The story. 
is the most compelling, but it kind of gets offshoots here yeah. and there. Um, being a photojournalist, I and I argue this with every single freaking newspaper up and down. They never, ever, 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 ever have the photographers in there. The closest ever. one, the closest one that I that I liked was uh, uh, Animal from the Lou Grant show. If you've never seen, no, I've not. You got to check it out. Ed Asner. So it was a dramatic offshoot of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Same okay. character moves to L.A. to run a newspaper. Okay, so it's uh, give it give. What do you what do you what do you? Uh, what oh, do you I vote? do reels. Yeah, how many reels? I would go with uh, probably four out of five reels. Wow, that's it's, pretty it's strong. It's a solid, but the the the, the you, it's for the time. I'm adjusting for the time. Gotcha. I'm not comparing it to today. Very but good. the big thing that makes this movie what it is is the story and being able to see the comparisons of the newsroom back then to the comparison today and gotcha. the ethics and the as Les was pointing out the. Yeah, I, wa- I wanted to say uh, the, the 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 miss. What was she miss? I, I don't Artichoke know. Or something. I don't know, but like, uh, I, I, like I'm gonna say it again. That was like remark for me. It was remarkably uncomfortable because she looked genuinely she looked scared. Yeah, she looked genuinely it's, unhappy. All of it. Finish, finish it out, man. It's Go all ahead. of it across the board. It's not just her. It's yeah. the. Um, Slapping the butt. Yeah, the, <laughs> it, she, he didn't even do he it. Didn't but even he do was it. going there, and it's not Darling, like honey. It, it wasn't like you know they're joking around. Like today, you like hug someone and they don't like it. You were put behind bars, kind well, of that thing. Go, that's so, been happening my whole life. So. Well, <laughs> nobody nobody right. likes it when but people. Right. Yes, four, it's good. It's well worth a watch if you got it. Yeah, four Less, out of five. Uh, yeah. Three minutes. Go well, on the movie. Um, I th- this movie I hadn't locked, I hadn't watched it in a long long yeah. time a long long time I think the first time I saw it was you know like on those all night TV shows when I was a kid mm-hmm. and the acting the, the it's just the, the, the <laughs> acting in it is like you can see it happen you can see that's acting yeah. you know and I am an actor. yeah and, and <laughs> what, what what was interesting to me is that you never saw anybody with an actual camera you never saw yeah. like like go 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 with her and take pictures I can take pictures and develop them you never saw that woman have a camera you know there yeah. was no cameras yeah, but, but I can argue against that I never had my camera on me in the yeah. newsroom they were mm-hmm. always in the car but ready to go you know, but the thing is is just like if you, if you're if you are a consumer a consumer of old movies like me Matt and the, I don't know if Inshaw likes it but these things that you keep you know you see Joe the bar the barber you know Floyd Floyd the barber right you see all these guys all these character actors and like you know Ricky Nelson's little brother older and, brother yeah come was on that older brother yeah, Davey was okay older. never mind well what, what, what anyway anyway like you know anyway that's how I lost I am on this thing it's been forever <laughs> but you know that there were weird things in there like uh like that Nelson kid's like character was supposed to be a sergeant in the yeah. Korean War, and he acted like he was just out of high school, and like, oh, I'm afraid of this old fat guy yelling at me. He's got medals for being shot at, yeah. you know. So, and you're just supposed to accept that and move on. So that it, it, you know, like there's really that to they, it. They didn't know if they wanted him to be yeah. uh, Audie Murphy or yeah. Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, or, so or, they made them both. They made them both, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's so like how many reels? How many reels? I would like uh, uh, just for me, like I give it. I, I still give it a strong three out of five. Nice, you know. Okay, here's my. T- a couple points. One, the uh, fact that the 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 copy boys, David Boy! Nelson being one of them, <laughs> that's where they started in this business to move up. Uh, Cannon, what's his name? Um, what's, William, Conrad. William Conrad. He was the uh, the grizzled old guy in the you know the the rough and tumble journalist. He started as a copy boy. Nobody does that anymore. They enter in and they expect to be. 
you know, photography. They well, you know, my days of shooting for free and sweeping up the studio to learn the craft are now. You somebody wants you to teach them the job. Their first question is, well, how much are you going to pay me to teach me? So these guys in the in the story, these guys started at the bottom, running errands and bringing coffee in the newsroom to work their way up to journalists. So that was the first thing. The second thing, Les, I agree with you 100%. Watch the movie so you could see all these characters that you've seen. Joe Friday, yeah. Cannon, Matt Dillon, <laughs> David... Well, wait a minute. Cannon and Matt Dillon. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, David Nelson, Floyd the Barber, yeah. Mel Cooley Mel from Cooley. the Dick Van Dyke Show. <laughs> Just some great... Uh, 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 the the Cap- Captain... Uh, Bingham from uh, yeah, from yeah, McHale's yeah. Navy, and also Dean Higgins from the uh, the computer that wore tennis shoes, and, and Cookie, yeah, and Cookie yeah. from the Disney film. Yeah. So all these actors. So it's just a great. Uh, it was you know these were the working actors at the time, and now you're seeing them in one film, and the nostalgia. And it was I remember watching this movie as a child, late at night, and it was the guys running around in the ties that that cool jazz soundtrack that Maddie says doesn't fit, but Nostalgia-wise, in my head, it just reminds me of a cool night of watching a good old movie on TV. So check it out. The film is 30 from 1959, written, directed, and produced by Jack Webb of Dragnet fame. Before we cut out, we want to thank the Bergamini group, Brad Bergamini, for letting us hang out in his spot. I do think, yeah, yeah, he did know we were going to be here. Um, I plead the fifth. Yeah. So, Maddie, let's go around. Uh, you all know where you can find this podcast and my photo work. Maddie, where can folks find you? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything you got. Now, if you would like to listen to a podcast that talks about movies <laughs> that were made in this decade. See how, see how the real podcasters do it. No, yeah. I, I never said we're real. That's for sure. We're fake as hell. But um, <laughs> realfilmnerds.com. That's R-E-E-L. Or you can do real.com. I bought that domain too. I was smart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find us anywhere. We're real film nerds on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. We Saudi publish, Arabia. Yeah, probably. Um, we publish twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. And that's me and good old mysterious Mike talking about the movies. All righty. Les, what do you got coming up? This will be up. Pit, pit, this won't be up till the weekend, you know, through the weekend. So next week or and yeah, yeah. going forward, you got um, coming up next week. Uh, next week on uh, next week Tuesday, I will be the featured artist at the uh, at the open uh, at the open mic at Mark's Beer Garden. Nice. Yeah, and then I will also be performing at Mark's Beer Garden uh, the twenty sixth, which is the following Saturday. So Tuesday and then Saturday I'll be there, and then I think like I'm gonna. Then I think that I am probably going to crawl in a hole for a couple of days <laughs> after that, you know, and like try to get some stuff done. You can find me on Facebook at Leslie Earl Lyman at Facebook.com. Not a serial killer. This has been number one ninety nine.